Welcome to episode 53 of the Gump Runners podcast. Chase Thornton, Lester Mitchell, Jeremy Law, and Drew Montgomery, the fourth member of the Gump Runners podcast, joining us for the first time, making his Gump Runners podcast debut. Drew, how's it going, man? Following Alabama's 24-22 win over Auburn in the Iron Bowl, four overtimes. Drew actually got to go to the game. Drew, how's it going, man? Welcome to the Gump Runners podcast. You've been a part of the group text for a long time. Finally get to join us on the pod. How's it going? Man, doing well. Uh, excited to be here. Uh, you know, we've tried to do this a couple of times, and unfortunately I hadn't had a chance to to get up with you guys. But, yeah, excited to talk some Bama football and um, kind of go over a couple of things uh, that I saw in the Iron Bowl. And just happy to be here. Yeah, we uh, we really tried to get Drew on when he was in Tampa last year is the only one of the gump runners that got to go to the national championship game against Ohio state. Got to see us win it live in person, um, travel to the iron bowl. I wanted to go, cannot get J law and Lester to go with me. And I'm so thankful that they did not want to go. Um, because that would have just been miserable. Um, where I was watching the game at, I left that place at halftime, uh, try to come home. I try to watch it on my back porch, in my living room, in my own room, my neighbor's house. Nothing was working. Um, cut on Netflix for a while. Uh, it's just everything that could go wrong for Alabama was going wrong. They couldn't move the ball. Um, defense was playing lights out, but you just didn't have a lot of confidence. Um, you had a feeling maybe late in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. I think Alabama had like 217 yards in the fourth quarter alone, not even including overtime you know, including the 97-yard drive. But before that drive, Lester, you, you know, you had the, the botched field goal attempt. I mean, Alabama, how bad is it when you had to bench your holder? I mean, that's pretty that's, – that's just, that's just brutal. And, you know, over there, the, the all voodoos going or whatever you want to call it, um, it, it was alive at that point. You know, this explosive offense couldn't get anything going. Lester, how confident were you? Um, let's just say – I think it was 10 to nothing and Bryce throws the, the pick to the freaking SEMO guy who me and J-Law had made fun of since he committed to Auburn gets this guy from freaking SEMO and he picks Bryce Young off only like his fourth pick of the year and Auburn's got the ball short field. It's not looking good. Lester, what was your confidence level right there that Alabama would win that game? It was, it, it was pretty low. I, I, I had to admit it was, my confidence in coming out of the house of horrors with the W was it was almost non-existent because always, you know, Jordan Hare and everything that place and the voodoo and and, and you 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 believe that stuff because up to that point nothing had gone right. Couldn't move the ball, couldn't do anything. That place is raucous. It's rocking. It's uh, you can't even think straight I can imagine being at the game 
and nothing, nothing was going right. So my confidence was, it was about a two at that point. Yeah, confidence is a two. And then all of a sudden, you know, Auburn needs one last special teams play from their freaking punter who's been just drilling us all night. He pins it at the three-yard line. Um, you know, Jamison Williams goes out with the targeting in the first half. Uh, B-Rob's hurt. You're down to your last scholarship running back. And, uh, you know, it's just things are not looking up for the Tide. But, you know, when in doubt, just let number nine work. And I'll be damned if he didn't. Ja'Cory Brooks, uh, you know, comes in, doesn't have any reps all year because Saban keeps running Slade Bolden out there. So he's got no reps. And he comes into the most hostile environment that you're going to play in every two years. And he's got to go down if he has like two catches for 49 yards on the last drive, including the uh, the game-tying touchdown catch that's in the game in overtime. Uh, so, J-Law, <clears throat> I told you a couple of weeks ago I had a statement that I wanted to save until after the Iron Bowl. And I believe this statement still applies a little bit. Maybe not as bad. You know, if, if Auburn lost this game by 21 points, then I would be more confident in it. But I feel like, and I felt this way ever since the uh, ever since the, the Mississippi State comeback, because not just against Alabama, Auburn's always been known for that voodoo kind of kind of deal over in Jordan Hare. You know, you've heard it from every Alabama fan, and then you know. Whenever they play other teams, they had tricky stuff happen too, like Laquan Treywell breaking his ankle on the one-yard line when he was going into score. Um, you know, whatever the case is, the, the backward spike that wasn't called against Arkansas last year when Bo Nick spiked it backwards. Should have been a fumble, but they ruled it the spike and Auburn kicked the game with a field goal. And uh, But here's my statement, Jayla. Do you believe that – not all of it, but do you believe that a lot of that voodoo left with Gus Malzahn? Is that something – and just think about it for a second. Don't jump to conclusions. You know, let it marinate for a second because Gus is always known for his kind of tricky, rinky-dink offense. You know, he's always got something in the bag for Alabama. Um, the uh, the 2019 play where he runs the punter on the field to get an illegal substitution penalty, he had that save for Alabama because he knew Saban. You know, he, he just kind of tricked him in that moment. Do you agree with the statement that maybe some of the, if not a lot, then some of the voodoo left when when Gus Malzahn was was fired from Auburn? Well, uh, I really don't think there was any voodoo at all. It's it's, time, it's what right? we've done all year, right? right? You can't block anybody. You can't run the football. You have right. stupid special teams blunders. It's the same old shit. Yeah. So, man, like. If Gus, you know, I, I, there's a sports radio show at my station, and the co-host, the co, the host, have said for the last four weeks now since they lost four in a row that Gus probably wins all four of those games, and and I think they're right. Gus, he doesn't lose to South Carolina because he runs Tank Bigsby until he can't walk. He, there's no way Gus lets somebody score forty in a row because he's going to run the football until the clock hits zero. He's Gonna find a way to score against Texas A&M, and there's no way Gus would have just lost that game to Alabama. But yeah, I mean, the the it, I, I I felt a sigh of relief going into the game, knowing that Gus Malzahn wasn't on the other sideline, and and Alabama may be the only fan base that is scared of Gus Malzahn, like nobody else is. But yeah, I mean, but there was no voodoo Saturday. Auburn lined up. I told you guys what was going to happen. 
you're going to blitz. You're going to come after Bryce Young because the offensive line can't touch him. And it doesn't matter how many guys you're running the route tree. If you leave a running back in the block, if it's five on five up front and you can't touch somebody or somebody's got a free run to the quarterback because Damian George is horrible. Chris Owens comes in and although not much better, gets the job done, but he's fresh versus a guy that's probably rushed the passer 65 times in that game. And on the last drive, Alabama, it was up to about the 80 play mark. So I think you could kind of tell that Auburn's pass rushers were a little gassed. They couldn't get to Bryce really on the last drive. But I tell you, man, it wasn't for those damn referees. Auburn is walking away with an Iron Bowl trophy. Um, if I mean, I, 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 I've never seen a fan base complain more about the refs when Alabama goes in there and has their season high in penalties, penalty yards, gets an interception taken off the board, with a, a just a completely horrible call of rough roughing the pass or this. I mean, it's, that's a Bush League call. In the NFL, it might be a penalty, not here. They tackle Jamison Williams. They hold Jamison Williams. But by God, Alabama couldn't have done it without the refs. But, man, I tell you, it, it's a good win. It was better to win that one than lose it. But the, this is not where any of us expected. This is not how any of us expected to feel after 12 games before the season, for sure. Yeah, you know, you ask Alabama fans in the preseason, hey, if you're 11 and 1, who do you think you lose to? And I think a couple of y'all said Texas AM. Um, I can't, I mean, you guys would go back and listen to that podcast, but, you know, you kind of nailed, you know, hit the nail on the head with that. But you expect to be sitting here 11 and 1, say you're heading into the SEC championship. How do you feel about the team? You're like, well, I'm sure we feel pretty good or whatever. And, I've never felt more unsure about this team than I do right now, especially heading into this matchup, which we'll get into in a couple of minutes. But, you know, Drew, my dad really enjoyed your texts on Saturday. Um, he was showing them to me, even though you were sending a lot of the same stuff to Gump Runners. It's like he was kind of an outsider looking in on the Gump Runners group text, which I just loved. And he, he was just all giddy about those texts. He was loving it. You know, my dad's always said, Auburn's never lost a game in their history. The refs have always lost have always lost it for them. They made bad calls against Auburn. They hate the Auburn family. They hate the Auburn creed. They don't believe in Auburn and love it. And so, you know, like J Law says, Alabama has a season high in penalty yardage, 129 penalties or 129 yards and penalties. But my question is: at this point, is it a resiliency factor? With this team, because you got to give them some kind of credit. I mean, as much as we hate these one possession ball games we've been in, whether it's LSU, Arkansas, and Auburn, the last three SEC games, they've not been pretty, but they are still wins, especially one on the road in the most hostile environment in the country on Iron Bowl Saturday every two years. Um, you can give me all the Michigan, Ohio State bullshit you want to. Nothing's loud as, as loud as Jordan Hare whenever Alabama rolls in there, whether it's Georgia. They don't care about beating Georgia. Um, that's why they're all pulling for them this weekend. If they cared so much about Georgia, they wouldn't even be watching the game. But I guarantee you all their eyes will be glued to the TV to hope, to hope that Alabama loses so they can talk some trash to us. Um, so, you know, but is it, is it a, a resiliency factor or is it simply the team just isn't that good? And I think it could be a little bit of both. But in your opinion, what, is, what are we looking at here with these last three SEC games? Um, or is it, is it a deal that maybe where you're kind of proud that they keep, you know, fighting back and, and pulling out these close games? Or just is it just pissing you off that, you know, we should be blowing these guys out? We're, you know, 15-plus point favorites in the last three SEC games. 
and we won each of them by single digits. So is it a resiliency factor to you or, you know, is the team just not good? Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty optimistic about it. Uh, you know, you guys can go back and go through our text messages, but I was pretty confident. I think I was probably the most confident headed into the game last week. Um, you know, even coming off the performance versus LSU and then, uh, you know, following that up with Arkansas. Um, you know, I, I'm still optimistic about Saturday, just like I was, uh, you know, coming out of the Iron Bowl. But uh, I think there's something to be said about how we finished that game. Um, and I tell you what, I think, uh, you know, I, I could be making this up, but I think that that kind of worries Kirby Smart to see us lead a drive like that. Um, you know, and, and I was encouraged to see the guys, uh, you know, fight for, you know, 60 minutes. And, and I felt really good about it when it got to overtime. Um, you know, I liked our chances. I think we had them on the ropes, especially driving the ball there at the end of the game. But uh, Jordan Hare is a different beast, man. I've been there for a couple games. We, we don't need to go over the games that I've been to there. But, um, you know, it, it gets loud. And I would say probably the only – you know, one game environment that's been louder than what I experienced for the Iron Bowl Saturday was 09 Tennessee when Mount Cody blocked it. Uh, you know, that that kick, uh, I swear, uh, Bryant Denny rattled. I could feel it shaking. But, you know, Jordan Hare is a different beast. Uh, I'm, I'm two and one on, on games that I've been to there now. So I think it may be time to hang it up, uh, you know, after, after that performance on Saturday. But I'm looking forward to the challenge. Uh, you know, looking forward to the game. I'm still optimistic. I, um, I haven't settled in on on my prediction. You know, the score, but um, I'm excited about it. Optimistic, and um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But um, and we can kind of get into dissecting that. You know, later on. But um, what a win! Uh, you know, just a, <laughs> excited to be a part of that one. That's one I won't ever forget. So, um, but yeah. Lester, um, whenever th this this game against Auburn was filled with so many big plays, whether you know your your fourth and seven uh, completion to to Billingsley, um, there was <clears throat> big field goals in this game. Even though we botched one, um, you know I think that's probably what worries me. The how cool would that have been? To it wouldn't have been a walk off touchdown but if Alabama doesn't botch the field goal attempt then that passage of Corey wins the game and I think that would have just been so cool to beat them in the last minute instead of just sending it to overtime but Lester bunch of big plays when the game got into overtime I was on the train with Drew I did not think we were going to lose the game now of course I was unaware that they had changed the rule that after the second overtime it's just you got one play two-point conversion, who can, who can you know, who can score the ball. I thought it was from the 25, just like the old rule, but you had to go for two. So I felt really good about the way our defense had played compared to how tired their defense was, and they had just given up a 97-yard drive there. I know, I know they're at home and they got the DJ and, and, you know, the crowd and all that, but they still had to have <clears throat> their confidence just completely wiped out by that drive, and then, you know, we went down in the first overtime and just just drove right down their throats and did the touchdown to Slade. Um, but Lester, of all the big plays 
And I want to get this opinion from all of y'all. What is your biggest play of that game? It could be from, you know, from the first nap to the last pass to Mechie. Lester, what, what's your not, – not the biggest play. What's your most favorite play of that game? Um, uh, most favorite play of the game was definitely the Brooks touchdown because that, that one was – it was like a ray of light. After Auburn had just been stifling, stifling, can't move the ball, can't do this, can't do that. Seemingly, you know, Bama can't really move it an inch, really, because Auburn's come on the blitz. The offensive line can't block. But it was just a little ray of hope. Bryce had a little bit of time. One of your five stars finally got on the field and played. And look at the result that happened. It was kind of, um, I think it was, Rodney Orr this morning said is similar to Devontae Smith against Mississippi State. You know, just another freshman coming in in the moment and coming through and and making the play, the biggest play of the game. I mean, that that was my favorite point. From 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 seeing that young guy step up and make that play, you know, to Bama getting a little ray of sunshine and capitalizing off of it. That that was my favorite play for sure. Yeah, and there was so much that went on in that play because, number one, it was third and ten, and the dumbasses are still running bump-and-run coverage on the outside. That's not something you do on third and ten, um, even though it was – of course, it was four-down territory because they had no timeouts. That was the final drive of the game. Um, <clears throat> so, if they hadn't gotten the ten, but you bracket something there. You play off at least three or four yards. You don't let the guy run by you. So, it's terrible defense. It's a terrible call. Um but I love the fact that about that play, it was third and 10, number one, and Bryce just went for the throat. I love – because you saw a lot of times on third downs that he would he would look in Mechie's direction. And that's something that everybody expected. You know, everybody's like, hey, look, here comes Mechie. Um, maybe he'll hit Billingsley again like he had just done on the fourth and seven a couple of plays earlier. Um, but uh, I, I love the fact that he went to Ja'Cory Brooks. Um, another thing, Lester, like you just said, man, I mean, this kid – has limited reps. He, he's gotten his reps taken from him by Slade Bolden. And um, and then I think another thing is, remember how early in the season everybody's talking about how much Bryce was struggling with the deep ball? And he just put that joker, that's as good as you can throw that pass. That ball was out of bounds. The guy made a great catch over his opposite shoulder. I mean, it's just a tremendous play. J-Law, what was your fa- favorite play of this Iron Bowl? I thought the first glimmer of hope was the Josh Joe pick because Alabama had nothing. Go. I mean, it's just like I, I know you didn't score off of it. I know like nothing happened after it, but it just felt like, okay, we can kind of settle in this game, help a little bit in field position. Um, oh, man. I mean, if it's not – I don't want to say Ja'Cory Brooks, but, man, I thought the fourth and seven was clutch. How about the third and ten from the three-yard line? I mean, Bryce is sacked in the end zone, steps up, knows where the line of scrimmage is, throws across his body, has to get it over a linebacker, and hits John Mechie right on the money. So Bryce accounted for all 97 yards on that drive with the rushing or throwing. But, man, he threw some balls on the money. Follows that up with the throw, the little out to, I think, uh, Ja'Cory Brooks around the 40. Hits uh, Billingsley on a fourth and seven with a tight throw. And then, you know, there was miscommunication, I think, on second down, on the second and 10 from the 27 or 28. And then Bryce just goes right at him. But, man, I tell you, I thought, man, 
it, one of the biggest plays of the game, Kool-Aid, just knocking the ball down. Another five-star that saving went led on the field all year, back at the end zone. And you kind of – did anybody feel like Alabama wasn't going to get the two-point conversion play? Auburn's defense was gassed. I mean, I thought there were multiple guys open on that play, too, that Mechie scored on to win the game. Like when they, Their defense had no idea what Alabama was about to run. They ISOed McCreary, the best corner in college football, and John Mechie put his ass on skates. He, was, he, he, he missed about eight yards. He was eight yards away from John Mechie in single coverage when he went into the end zone. And they let little white boy Slade Bolden run a little trailer all the way through the end zone wide open. Bryce could have picked whatever he wanted to do, but he told Mechie, Let's go cook McCreary. And he's been cooked a few times with little holes and pass interference not called. But uh, I, I think my favorite was probably that first throw to get the drive started on a third and ten. All right, good deal. Drew, same question. I, I've still got my favorite play available. It's, it's not one of those two. Drew, what was your favorite play? So you can't say the Jaskori Brooks touchdown, and you can't say the first pass on the third and ten. So still plenty of plays left. What was your favorite play of the game outside of those two? Yeah, um, I think both of those picks are are great. Uh, you know, the I'm I'm in agreement with uh, with J Law there on the, and this is not my favorite play, but it got me you know pretty excited. The uh, the Kool Aid, the play. I mean, I just think that really builds his confidence, um, and you know I'm excited to see what it'll do this week. Um, and this. I don't think it's really a hot take, but the if you go back and look at the Discovery Brooks touchdown, look at where Bryce throws the ball from. He throws it from the left hash on the thirty-five all the way. Yes, yeah, I it was think, over. It was over fifty yards. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think there are fifteen NFL quarterbacks that can do that right now. Based on what I've seen QB play this year in the NFL, I do not think there's fifteen quarterbacks that, in that moment. To make that throw, I mean, it was just unreal, um, you know. So, but that whole drive was just magical. I mean, that's one I won't ever forget. So, um, but my favorite play was the uh, was probably the uh, the you know bogus ass uh, roughing the passer when we picked off TJ Finley, you know, a second time. Um, I saw early, like in the second half, that. There was no way I, – I, I was like, they're not going to score. He, this dude is incapable of scoring. Like, third quarter, I, I did not feel threatened whatsoever, uh, you know, with them punching it in again, even with the excellent field position they were getting. And, you know, Tank Bigsby, this is something that I'm kind of optimistic about this week is Tank ran the ball 29 times for 63 yards. B-Rob had 16 carries for 71 yards. So, I know B-Rob was limited with that that, that uh, injury there in the fourth quarter. But, you know, that I, I, I'm anxious to see what we can do, um, you know, in terms of them running the ball uh, this week. But, yeah, um, just the officiating and, and that bogus rough in the past. That's probably my favorite, favorite play of the game. All right. So, mine's still safe. And – I'm surprised nobody said the fourth and seven just because uh, of who called it and how many drops a dude had had, um, you know, the or or even the last play. I mean, that, that was great. They're all great. But tell you what, my favorite play of that game, and I'm not so sure it's the one that – I mean, I don't know about y'all, but Alabama kickers are still considered head cases to me. 
They drive me up the freaking wall. So in that second overtime, your offense had just led two straight touchdown drives because you lead the 97-yarder to tie the game. And then the first drive of overtime, you go down there like you're playing New Mexico State. It was just easy. It was methodical. I think our worst play was like a gain of three or something like that. And then, you know, the second overtime, you go on defense first and you hold Auburn to a field goal. And right there, I was like, this game is over. Throw it to the end zone now. Like J-Law said earlier, these guys are gassed. They're done. They don't want any part of us. Don't even try to run it. Just go right at them. Throw the ball to Ja'Cory or, or Mechie or even Slade and, and just go score a touchdown and get this thing over with. And we didn't do it. I think Bryce got sacked or whatever. But anyway, freaking we, we go three plays. We don't even try to do anything. Bill O'Brien has like the worst series that he's called all season. And we're faced with a 38-yard field goal by Will Reichard to, to tie the game in a second overtime in Auburn with a guy that, he, as good as he was last year, he's, he's human. I mean, we've seen him with some misses, and I know they've all been, you know, anywhere from the 48 to 52-yard range, but that's a scary kick. It was for me. That had me sweating more than any other play of the game. And I think that was just a huge play that nobody's talking about because this dude lined up and just, I mean, freaking split the uprights. It was just gorgeous. There was no doubt about it. And I was like, that dude has got humongous balls to step up in Jordan and Jordan Hare. How many, how many Bama kickers in the last 20 years made that kick? The answer is zero, zero kickers make that. Which one, J-Law? You, you, you got one. You're talking about uh, Jeremy, uh, who was his name? Nickname Money? What was it? I don't even remember the dude's name in 05. Oh, uh, Jamie Christensen. Jamie Christensen. I think, no, I think Lee, I think Lee Tiffin. No chance. And that's about it. After he missed those five kicks versus Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, his, his dad makes it. Cash. His dad makes oh. it. But Lee Tiffin would have made it too. Man, also, Adam Griffith. Adam Griffith was like 10 for 10 in his last two hour goals. Well, yeah. And, you know, Adam Griffith did hit the one to send the LSU game in overtime in Baton Rouge in 2014. Lesser was at that game. And, uh, but that was only like a, like a 30 yarder or something like that. It's basically a chip shot, but still had me nervous. But Riker steps up from 38 and just freaking drills it. And that's to me, I think that was the biggest play. Um, but, dude, just an all-around, just a great Iron Bowl. And, you know, of course, being 20-and-a-half-point favorites – go ahead. I was going to ask you, like, where does Paul Tyson rank on the all-time choke jobs in special teams in Iron Bowl history? Uh, one. And you I think mean, Bear Bryant – you think Bear Bryant was in heaven thinking, like, man, like, if I if I would have used contraception – if I could – if I would have used contraception, this wouldn't happen. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, you know, except for the 11 guys that couldn't touch Chris Davis on the kickoff, on the kick six, those guys screwed it up pretty damn bad. But, uh, yeah, Paul Tyson, I mean, dude, come on. Like, you're supposed to be the only guy on the team that grew up hating Auburn. I mean, these right, your quarterback's from California. He don't know who Auburn is. These guys don't know who Auburn is. They're from Georgia and Florida and New Jersey and New York and Cali and Oregon and Texas, they don't, they don't know who the hell Auburn is. You're the only guy that's supposed to be growing up a diehard bammer, you know, bleeding crimson and white, just hating the barn, and you're going to botch a play like that? Kill yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Did, 
<laughs> did you guys uh did you, chase you said he, he he got up there and he he, he nailed it right through oh, right through the middle did you guys see where stan white uh on the call he he said that it curved in i'm sure he did Poor <laughs> <laughs> stan white dude. That's, that is my that is jamie's favorite his favorite uh other than Jim Fife, Jim Fife was always dad's favorite, but Stan White is right up there as far as can you can you find the the final drive and overtime Auburn call? Is that available? You know, you, you they, should did, be, did they dub it. You should be able to, but most of the time they'll delete shit like that. Like they get that all because you remember the thing I used to always send y'all with the 55-44 game in 2014. And those um oh crap. Jack Crow. It was Jack Crow and uh Rob Pate. The uh, the Barners that that it, it wasn't even you couldn't even see the game. You could just see it's literally like us recording ourselves, but we're watching a TV that you can't see. And it's like just our commentary. And they're at the restaurant, they're drinking and and they're all happy and stuff. And then Blake Sims throws for like 700 yards and beats them. And like the Bammers made fun of that so much. They took that like completely down. You can't find it anywhere anymore. So they might have just I taken just it have- I just have this image that uh, John Longshore's in his truck recording all of it, and then he's going back. He's going back and editing oh, yeah. it together and putting it on his YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, like I said, man, this Iron Bowl is definitely one for the books. You you wish that Alabama could have uh, could have taken care of business because I mean, dude, you got to think one score or two scores early in that game. You know, you go up 14-7, nothing in the first quarter. And that game's over with. You, you force T.J. Finley to, to become one-dimensional and throw the ball, there's no chance. I mean, Tank wouldn't get anything done anyway. But uh, just the way your all-around defense is playing, he does to have two or three interceptions, and then you just – you roll on to a, you know, 35-3, to 35-10 to 10 win or whatever and cover that huge spread. But, you know, it didn't happen that way. Um, so, you can look at it as this team is resilient – they uh, and I think that's the only good thing to take from all of these close games that we're playing is the fact that you know teams in the past have kind of been hurt by the fact that um, they blow everybody out. And I'm not saying this is an, an excuse for somebody like the 2018, but you remember 2018 team? Um, it, it cost two of the Heisman because he was only playing a half like every week. I mean, Alabama was beating Arkansas 52 to three. I mean, the game, the games were 42 to nothing at halftime and 49 to seven at halftime. And, uh, and so the team did not know how to play a full 60 minutes. And, um, you know, I mean, even against Oklahoma with Kyler Murray, they came storming back in that game. And I just think that their defense was so bad. They just weren't going to stop our offense. But our defense got gassed, and they were scoring, you know, every time they got the ball. Unfortunately, just Alabama was too, or unfortunately for them, Alabama was scoring every time as well. But I think the only positive is the fact that if you get into a dogfight with Georgia late in the game, I think Alabama has an advantage in that regard as far as a coaching staff, you know, the plays that you're calling and what you've seen throughout the game, um, and also the players, you know, because – it really does make a difference because there is a huge difference in playing 80 to 85 snaps than playing 60. And there's a huge difference. And, you know, these, this Georgia Bulldog team has just been beating the hell out of everybody. And so their team is not conditioned to play a full 60 minute game, if that makes sense. 
And, uh, you know, and thing is, they're going to play harder Saturday than they played all season. And uh, since maybe week one against Clemson, it's going to be the hardest they play. And so they're more likely to tire out easier. You know, your adrenaline's up, your motivation's up. And then that, you know, you look at Auburn, like Jayla was saying earlier, that team was so hyped and so motivated through the first three quarters of that game. By the fourth quarter, it's just physically there's nothing left in the tank. And you've squeezed every ounce that, that you can out, uh, out of yourself. And uh, so that's the only positive that I can really take away. Other than that, this team just sucks up front. It really does. I mean, quarterback's phenomenal. Receivers are tremendous. Jameson Williams has been huge. Brian Robinson, I appreciate you. Uh, thank you for coming back. You know, a lot of a lot of people, including us, uh, were kind of upset that he came back because, you know, we have that rotation. Um, if, you know, you're here three years and then you go, and he actually came back for a fifth year. Um, but thank the Lord he did. And uh, so moving into this SEC championship game, Lester, uh, I know you ain't talked in a while, bud, but here's, here's the thing to all our, all, everybody listening out there. You've got three people on this podcast that believe Alabama's going to win the game. And, may, I mean, J-Lo, he'll change his mind about three times a day. So we'll see where he is whenever we get to him. And then there's one person on this podcast that thinks that Alabama just doesn't have a shot. And see if one can change the other one's mind. Uh, Lester, start with you, man. Tell me what's going to happen Saturday. Tell me how Alabama wins this game versus Georgia. You know, Bryce is but a mere a mere human being, but I wonder how the disciples felt they saw Jesus perform his miracles in the Bible and they got lit when he turned water into wine or all that stuff. You know, that was a good time. Or he fed the 5,000 or whatever. But, dang, man, I saw Bryce pull off a miracle in Jordan Hare. I mean, literally, I, I did. I did. I saw Bryce pull off a miracle in Jordan Hare. That environment, that crowd, you can't call a play. You can't damn near height the ball within the 40 seconds that you're allotted. And somehow, someway, Alabama came out with the win led by Bryce Young. I don't know how the game is going to go Saturday. I'll tell you one thing. It's going to be real ugly. It's going to be real low scoring. Um, but I, I'm going to put my faith in Nick Saban. Um, I think. I think Saban is so far in Kirby's head. Think about how much we have tormented that fan base over the past decade. You know, anytime that they ever match, I think they're 0-6 against Bama. Um, now, Georgia's not a slouch, no doubt, but I'm, I'm going to put my faith in nine and Saban and that defense. I have so much – I, I this, this defense is – itching for an opportunity to make an impact on the game. I don't know how it's going to go. I think it's going to be low scoring, but I'm going to put my faith in in nine, Saban, and that defense to get the job done. I agree with the defensive part of that statement. That was really good there, what you said, because, yeah, coming off your best performance of the year, um, you know, but we saw the same shit against Mississippi State. You know, they, they, they don't even score a touchdown. Alabama's on the road. Um, their two best defensive performances came on the road. And the third best is probably against Ole Miss. They still ended up giving up 21 points in that game. Um, but it's, it's a good, you know, they are playing their best football, but offense did suck, man. TJ Finley, like, I think we tried to rank the quarterbacks last week in a text message just about how bad he is. I mean, really everybody but the Vandy quarterback, South Carolina quarterback, is that it? 
the only two that are worse than TJ Finley. I mean, this dude is just, just hot garbage, man. He's just ass. And, you know, I know he was a home or whatever. And, you know, Auburn's offensive line sucks, man. We, 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 we know, we know that. And, and, and the run scheme's different, which is worse when you, you try to really go power, you know, I, I don't know. It's just their offense is bad. I mean, that's why they're, they don't have an offensive coordinator right now. Their offense is really, really bad, even though defense did play fine. Um, but, you, Lester, you do know in this game you got to have more than one drive to win, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> got to have more than one drive, drive to win. Yeah. And I, I think Riker is going to have a hell of a game. He's going to have to. I'll, he, he's going to have to have a hell of a game because I don't know, I don't know how much – Bama's going to drive on that Georgia defense. I'm going to tell you that it's not going to be very much. So Riker, you know, if if Rice can get to the 30, the 35, maybe even the 40, he's going to have to bring that boot with him. And he's going to have to be on the money because touchdowns are going to be far, far between this game Saturday. Very, very far between. J-Law, um, Alabama had a lot of third and longs in the Iron Bowl, and really, if you think about it, all season, there's been so many third and six pluses um, that Bryce Young has just performed magic and, and gotten gotten us a first down out, out of that situation. That's very rare. Alabama's leading the nation in third down percentage, um, and most of our third downs are, you know, third and seven, third and eights. Uh, if you do that against Georgia, that's turnovers, and that's also fourth and 20s because you're going to get sacked. So – what does Alabama have to do in this game on first and second down in order to keep themselves out of those third and eights? Because if you if you decide to run the ball, where do you run it? And if you decide to throw it, how do you throw it? I'll tell you what you don't do. You don't run that son of a bitch behind 79 and 55 because they suck. And I don't know how Emil Echior – has gotten to the point where he's gotten, but he can't block anybody either. I mean, it ain't just like it's just Chris Owens or just Damian George. Dude, it's 55's bad. Center's bad. Dude, we are about to run a kid from Buford, Georgia out there that I've never heard of starting center this week, most likely unless Dalcourt's ankle just gets good to go. And I honestly think Saban used Dalcourt's ankle injury as an excuse to pull him because I think if you're going to throw him out there, you think he's better than Seth McLaughlin. And then, I mean, 70 isn't really, or whatever number Cohen is, it isn't great either. But so you have Evan Neal. To me, man, you throw it on first down, you throw it on second down, you throw it on third down. And you know what? If you got to punt to some bitch and you've taken 37 seconds off the clock, so be it. But this whole, this whole, man, you, y'all realize how they got stuff. They were 0 for 4 on third and one or fourth and one runs at this game Saturday. Against the Auburn. That ain't happening. Against, against Auburn. Auburn. One of against the worst Auburn. run ain't... defenses in the country. Correct. Correct. They're also one of the worst pass defenses in the country, too. <laughs> and, this, and this offense was in up. And I think I think it's starting to settle in for a lot of Alabama fans. And I still think there is there is a path to victory. I'm not exactly sure what it is. But it's starting to settle in for Alabama fans that the LSU game um, – was more of what this team really is than an anomaly. And sometimes the if the offensive line can come together and play well, like Arkansas thought they had a bad game plan. They dropped eight against Bryce Young. Barry Odom, you're supposed to be a good defensive coordinator. No, you're not. 
because if you just would have watched the LSU tape, you would have known what to do. But this team lives in third and seven, third and eight. It also lives in second and nine, second and eight, because the first down runs don't work. Um, so to me, man, you just aired the ball out. You aired out, you aired out, you aired out. And um, if it doesn't work, at least you could say you tried something different. Because if you go out there and you do what you did for three and a half quarters against Auburn, this fan base is going to come unglued because it was the most vanilla, the most average. It was the, the it was a head scratching game plan for Bill O'Brien because he had no answers for anything. Derek Mason can throw at you, dude. Bill O'Brien is was the head coach and general manager of the Houston Texans, and he is getting his ass handed to him by the former head coach of Vanderbilt. It's, it's no excuse, no excuse, no excuse. But uh, I think you aired it out, man. That's that's all I got. You throw the thing. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's what I've said, you know, for a couple of weeks now. There, there's no point in running because, number one, not to say Trey, Trey Sanders is a bad back because, I mean, he's okay. I still don't think he's 100% healthy. Um, he's not the elite player he was he was coming out of high school. But, uh, you know, you've, you've lost B-Rob. You've lost Jace. You've lost Roy Dell. I mean, those three were in front of Trey for a reason, um, even though Trey is not a bad back. He is not a top three back in this on this depth chart, obviously. That's why he's just now playing. So he's your main guy. If he gets hurt, it looks like you're gonna go with Christian Leary. Um, and then I really think that you that you run that you uh that you throw the damn ball every play if Trey gets hurt. And uh I think Trey can be used as a receiver, man. Um, but you know, Drew flipping over to the defense or you know, let's stay, let's stay on the offense. Okay, if you are going to run the ball, with, if you're Bill O'Brien and you run it, obviously you can't just go power up the middle. You can't run it right at Jordan Davis. Everybody knows this. So which, how do you run the ball? Do you try to maybe run a lot of jet stuff? I mean, this is an X's and O's question. If, do you run a lot of jet stuff or maybe some tosses, whether it's out of the shotgun or out of the pistol, some stuff to get on the edge? Um, maybe some buck stuff, like where you pull a guard and tackle on um, some buck sweeps. So, what? Yeah, I said buck, not butt. So everybody listening probably thought I just said butt stuff. No, I mean B B O B probably does some butt stuff every night, but instead of watching film, but uh, buck sweep stuff with with guard and tackles pulling. How, how do you how do you attack this Georgia? Because I mean, everybody. All right, look, we're not going to throw the ball eighty five times. Everybody knows that. So. If you had to pick a way to run the ball, how do you do it? Yeah, um, I, I don't really know if there is any success to be had running the ball, honestly. Um, you know, but if there is, um, you know, it's got to be outside. Um, and, and, and this may be, you know, this is kind of a question for you, but I, I just don't understand why we don't run behind Evan Neal. Like, do they just assume that everybody knows we're going to run left, so he just sprinkles in a run to the right? That ain't a question I mean, for me. That's a question for the damn offensive coordinator, and it's one that they need to stick a microphone under his nose and freaking ask that question because that's something that's pissed off the fan base for months. Yeah, yeah. I, I just – I don't understand it, um, you know, and there's got to be something there or or maybe there's not. But, you know um, – We'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, I don't – I mean, 
I don't know how much success you can have running the ball, but um, I think, um, you know, kind of like we've talked about, kind of going back to the passing game, I mean, I think we're going to have to stretch them out. Um, you know, like y'all, you guys were joking about it. You know, put Bryce back there nine yards deep, uh, you know, give him, give him a little extra time. But, no, spreading them out you know, five wide, and and I'd like to see, and, and we have saw glimpses of it, um, you know, in the Arkansas game, and, and um, you know, there was a couple times where on that last drive in the Iron Bowl where Trey was, was, was open out of the backfield, so I'd like to see us get him involved because I think he's dynamic, um, you know, in terms of the, the passing scheme and, and the passing game, so. I'd like to see him involved in catching the ball some out of the backfield as well. So, but I think we're going to have to take the top off of them, you know, with with Jamison and Mechie, and and hopefully we can build on, you know, Discory and and um, hopefully Slade will be on the field Ugh. minimal minimal reps this week. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm <clears throat> I'm not so sure that Jordan Davis could not cover him. And, you know, everybody's talking about the play that he made against, was it Kentucky or whatever, when he ran – or UAB, when he, like, ran that dude down the sidelines and talking about the specimen that he is. I'm about 100% sure that he could lock Slade Bolden up at 400 pounds right there, which is pretty damn sad considering you're the number three team in the country and you still got a five-foot-seven, like, five ranked 500th overall at a high school white dude playing receiver for you. That's just absolute trash. It's terrible recruiting by Nick Saban. Um, but you know, and, and he's still not even freaking gone. He's got another freaking year to be here because God knows he ain't going pro JMO will, but Slade Bolden, we get to see this shit for another year. But so, you know, that's not, we'll, we'll be able to complain about for the next 365. Um, but you know, running the ball, I, I would love Lester. What are the chances that we see some new faces in this game? That's something that's been, not rumored, but <clears throat> I think people were just kind of grabbing at straws here, whether it's talk radio, Twitter, us in the Grump Runners group text. What are the chances, and not necessarily Jalen Milrow, but what if we see, like we're talking about, like Ja'Cory Brooks working the offensive game plan or Treshawn Holden or Christian Leary. What are the chances that we see some new faces in this game? Because, I mean, I, I would love for one of our runs, hey, we, we've thrown – Leary in a lot of jet motion whenever he's on the field, whether it's out of the backfield and it's a swing jet motion or he's coming across out of the slot. Um, haven't given the ball to him yet. Bryce threw the touchdown against Arkansas to him, um, you know, but that was like a last resort. I'm going to run. Then he just kind of pulled it down and flicked it to him. But he hasn't been involved in a, in a play as the main guy yet. So little stuff like that. Lester, what are the chances that Bill O'Brien, like J-Law always talks about, you know, opening up the bag, um, you know, getting getting into his bag, as J-Law loves to say. So what are the chances that we see some new guys involved in the offense this week? Um, I'll, 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 I have a feeling that the chance that we see new guys are minimum unless it is out of necessity. Unless, you know, due to injury or, you know, like J-Mo got ejected because, you know, Ja'Cory Brooks, yeah, he scored that touchdown. But once again, listen to Rodney Orr, um, two plays before, um, Bama ran the same play and Brooks didn't read it correctly. 
And, you know, that's when Bryce goes to the corner of the end zone and nobody was there. So as long as some of these new faces that we want to see are making kind of, you know, those, I mean, those are pretty big mistakes. And this is the biggest game of the year. Um, I think Saban is going to go with his tried and true um, with what he knows. Now, unless it's a situation like the offensive line where nobody can get right, you have to make a decision. You have to shuffle, you know, things around. I think we're going to see, you know, stubborn old Saban, stand with what he knows, stand with, you know, who knows the playbook, stand with who's going to do the job to the best of their ability. The ability may not be good or great or anything close to it, but um, I, 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 unfortunately, I think that he's going to maybe sprinkle in some of those new guys, but for the most part, Saban's going to stay with what he knows. Is that not suicide? Yeah. Has it not been suicide all year? Yeah. I, I mean, how, like, how, what, at what point does not, I mean, not just saving, but Bill O'Brien stop being hard headed and be like, look, uh, whatever this shit is ain't working. But I mean, because I mean, you look at the stats, you know, well, Alabama's got the number seven offense in the country and the number seven defense. Yeah, but J Law broke down what they do in SEC play and it's not good. It's under 40 points a game. And, I mean, I know – but, guys, I mean, we're talking about elite offensive talent here. I mean, this is the University of Alabama. We're not comparing We're not comparing ourselves to Mississippi State or, you know, Texas A&M or whatever. I mean, we're supposed to be – we're supposed to have the best talent in the country every single year. And so, what this offense is bringing to the table has been lackluster relative to previous years. So, with that – at what point does he – I mean, because remember Lester – 2017, dude, he, he, he about cost us a natty. He was one half away from costing us a natty. And, and there's rumors that Saban still didn't want to go with Tua, that he still right. wanted to go with Jalen, and somebody had to talk him into it. Right. Thank God for mutiny in that locker room. <laughs> yeah, and which I'm sure it just didn't creep up just that game. I mean, at, at one point, at what point, you know – or do you like look? Something's got to give. Like the the team that I've rolled onto the gridiron these last three SEC games will not come within four touchdowns of the of the of the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, do you, can you not see that? I can. I'm sure Saban can too. Yeah, well, but he can't. If he roll, if he does the same stuff, if he does the same stuff, then he's just blind as a bat. He he's gonna trust knowing Saban, knowing his stubbornness, knowing his philosophy, he's gonna trust mm-hmm. who's gonna do it right, make the right calls, call out the right protections, um, right, make the right checks, despite talent. That's Nick Saban. You can have all the talent in the world if you can't get right, if you can't make the right calls and the right plays you're not going to play. And I think, you know, that's why a lot of these young guys we see, we see flashes here and there, but, you know, that's why they're not playing a whole lot because it's a trust factor with Nick Saban. Like you said, you like you always complain about he's going to play his seniors. He's going to mm-hmm. play, you know, the older guys, you know, because that's who knows, that's who he trusts. So, you know, that's, that's, that's really my take on it. I love to see some of these young guys play. Hell, Anybody can run a go route. Anybody can run a hitch route. Hell, just just tell them before the play, dude. Run an in, run a tenure in, run a tenure out. Run a go as fast as you can to the pylon. I mean, 
yeah, you got to do what you got to do to get your playmakers on the field. But we know how by the book Saban is. So, J Law, what positional advantages does Alabama have in this game? Is it just quarterback and receiver? Is that it? I believe that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, they got a guy named McConkie running up the that's, field. No, no shot. And he's freaking good. And I, I guarantee good. he catches a touchdown on a Saturday. Guarantee it. Bowers might catch yeah. six tight, six touchdowns because, oh, by the way, if you can't tell who the negative Nelly is in the group, it's me. Uh, I think Bowers might catch six touchdowns because a Nick Saban coach team hasn't covered a tight end since, like, 2007. Um, they just completely forget they exist. Uh, the, they're – I think Georgia has 30 touchdowns. I sent this to you the other day. I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. Georgia has 30 touchdowns passing on the year. 15 of them are either to their tight end or running back, um, which Alabama ha- ha- has yet to cover either one for the last 13, 14 years. So it's just receiver and yeah, quarterback. Yeah, it, it's, it's receiver and quarterback. Um, it ain't linebacker. And it should be even at linebacker, but it's not because they're not well coached. Defensive line, I, I love I love Bama fans that are being really cocky and they're throwing out like Phil Mathis's stats versus Jordan Davis's stats. I'm like, I just don't think he's I, he's not better than Jordan Davis. But you know, I, it, they don't have a lot of positional uh, advantages. They don't. I and that's how when I'm looking at this game and I'm trying to figure out like what is the path to victory. I don't I don't know what it is. Because it, it literally the path to victory is let Bryce Young throw it sixty-five times. I mean that is the only that it might not be enough, but what is the path to victory? That is the only one that I can think of, and hopefully Bryce can get you inside the twenty-five a few times, score a couple touchdowns, kick three field goals, and you're hoping to God you win a twenty-three to twenty type of ball game. And so I don't know, man. I I think about victory. How do they get there? And I really don't see one. And uh, I'm a, I've been negative too. I listen. I turned down three lower level thirty yard line seats in the Bama section for this game because I have almost zero level confidence that Alabama could win this game. Absolutely, humble yeah. brag. Humble yeah. brag. Yeah, humble brag. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, y'all, y'all know I'm I'm heading to to Chattanooga with the family. Hell, we might be on the road by the time this podcast drops tomorrow. Um, and the wife, she kind of suckered me into it. I, I give her credit. Uh, I can't get mad at her because, like, halftime of the Auburn game, I'm like, screw this. Book us a trip. I don't want to be in the state next weekend. And, you know, uh, we have tickets to the SEC championship game every year, whether Alabama's in it or not. So um, me and dad look at each other at, like, halftime of the Auburn game and be like, there's no chance that we go to Atlanta next week. Like, even if we, you know, won that game by two touchdowns, I still don't think we would have gone to Atlanta just because I can't remember a time where Alabama was so outmanned at every single position um, in, in, in a football game. It's probably been since 2008 Florida. I think that's what y'all said whenever I brought it up earlier this week. But, yeah, I tell the wife, I'm like, I said, I said, Paige, I said, I, I, I want to get out of the state, whatever. The Joker booked a non-refundable trip to Chattanooga. So I want to go because I want to take the girls and it'll be good to get away. But like Paige was like shocked when I told her the other day, I was like, we need to make sure I can get to a TV around, you know, three, three thirty, whatever. She was like, I thought we were going to Chattanooga. So, you know, I was like, I'm still going to watch the game. Like just in case I was like, if we get down two scores, then we'll go 
you know, back to the aquarium or go to Ruby Falls or something, or just go walk around. But I mean, I'm not, I'm, I, she would literally thought that I just wasn't going to watch one snap of the game. I'll be watching it, but if it gets ugly, I'll be in a place where there's a lot of stuff to do and I'm not sitting at home banging my head against the wall or sitting in Atlanta in the, in the Georgia Dome just or Mercedes-Benz Stadium just wanting to throw up um, from and getting barked at by grown adults, grown men barking at you. It's just sickening. But, um, Drew, in this game, you know, we, we just talked about, you know, linebacker, D-line, secondary, offensive line, running back now that B-Rob's going. Georgia has an advantage everywhere. I've said in the past that, I truly believe in the spread era that whoever has the best quarterback most of the time wins the game. Um, this kind of goes against that philosophy because Alabama clearly, you know, head and, head, head and shoulders. Of, and Bryce Young's better than Stetson Bennett. Um, but it's just there's too much going in Georgia's favor in this game. Tell me, Drew, go ahead and start us off. We'll, We'll go ahead and wrap up. I don't want to do a two-hour podcast or whatever. I know with four people, you're getting more input, and so it's going to be a little bit longer. But let's go ahead and break down this Georgia game, Drew. Then I want you to give me a score. Tell me, you know, tell me who's going to win, and give me a detailed answer on on how you think it happens. Yeah, I'll be quick. Um, you know, I, I like I said multiple times I'm pretty optimistic about the outcome I, I, I think we're gonna win um, but the the areas that I look for us well I guess kind of keys to the game you know for success for a win I think if we I think we can win with one turnover but I think if we turn them over twice um, I mean I think we've got a, a, a damn good shot at winning the game you know it may be a strip sack from Will Anderson and Maybe if we can pick Setson off one time, um, you know, I, 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 he's played well this year, but I just don't, I don't see him just lighting us up this weekend, you know. And, and how, how big are you on the uh, the Georgia hadn't played anybody train? I mean, do you agree with that, or are you like, you know what, I don't care if they're playing the Helen Keller School for blind and deaf, Georgia's a damn good football team. But where, where do you stand on the, in that regard? No, I definitely think they're a good football team. And, I mean, we've had three similar opponents, and we've seen how the scores have, have turned out for both of those. So, I, I'm not going to waste a lot of time on that. But I'm not going to say they're the best defense in the, the modern era of football. I mean, that's just – come on now. I mean, they're good, but I, I think they're gettable. Like I said earlier, I think they're gettable in the secondary, um, you know, and, and – um, Back on the offensive side of the ball, you know, for us, uh, well, I guess really for defense, rumor has it that one of their their linemen is is going to be out, not going to be able to go. And then I look for – I'm drawing a blank on his name, but their right guard, um, I think he is attackable. And you say, well, Will Anderson lines up on the end. But look how many times Pete, you know, rolls him, you know, inside, you know, coming from that, that – that nose position, you know, where he's stunting coming in on the inside. So I look, I look for Will to be, you know, a, a big factor this week and, and hopefully he can, he can get an invitation to New York. I think he'll have a big game, but, but yeah, I'm optimistic. Uh, score for me, I think we're going to need to score more than 28 to win. So I'm going to go with uh, 34 to, uh, let's say, 
<laughs> How much film have you been watching? Drew is like giving us the all-time look. Their right guard is vulnerable. This dude has got slow feet. I'm like, whoa, hey, I don't even know who the right guard is. Um, when you talked about a lineman being out, was you, was that an offensive or defensive lineman? Offensive lineman. Yeah, okay. where it is their best, their best offensive lineman. Um, I, I'm trying to pull pull it up. There's nothing. Is it it's the just left rumor. It's okay. just rumor. Uh, it hasn't been released, but I heard it on uh, talk radio today that he, they're pretty confident he may not go. So, uh, you know, that, that works for us. It's not the right guard, though. I know it's not the right guard. Um, I think he's on the left side, but but that would be huge for us. And, um, you know, excited to see what happens. Yeah, who was it? Is it like Jamari Saylor, that big-ass left yeah. tackle? Give me a second. Let me let me dig into it. I'll, I'll find I'll find it. And we'll we can okay. Yeah, just cut me we, off. Cut, head head out. Yeah. yeah, cut me off whenever you <clears throat> whenever you find that. That's I mean that's huge, and uh, you know Georgia's got hella depth. Um, and so, but it's still, I mean, it's, it's a big game, and I mean Alabama's defense. There are no slouches. I just I worry. It's just Lester. The things that Georgia does well. Alabama does not do well, and that's a problem for me. Like, Georgia gets after the quarterback with four guys. Alabama cannot pass block. I mean, J-Law's called the right tackle a swinging gate. Uh, it's 100% accurate. Um, so, that's <clears throat> that's just a, a, a bad sign right there. Um, another thing is, you know, Georgia throws a lot to the tight ends. Alabama does not do a good job of tight ends. I mean, hell, Jake Fromm lit us up with the tight ends until Georgia decided to just stop throwing the ball entirely in the fourth quarter of the uh, of the 2017 and 2018 games. I mean, Jake Fromm was just lighting us up with the tight ends. Um, they'll slide uh, Zamir White out or, or, you know, Dalvin Cook's little brother. Um, that's how I know him, by the way, <laughs> Dalvin Cook's little brother. They'll slide him out out of the shotgun. It'll, it'll be like a three-by-one set. They'll slide him out to a three-by-two, and a linebacker will go with him, and they know that they're in man-to-man, and he'll just run straight by the linebacker. They've done that a lot this year, um, and that's a really good play that I wish Alabama would run, but, of course, they don't because they're not innovative enough under Bill O'Brien. But And so that really, really scares me because I've seen Christian Harris get burnt on that before. And uh, even though he was a DB in high school, and I mean, Alabama just does not cover the tight end. So everything Georgia does well offensively and defensively, Alabama does not either defend well or they don't execute well. Um, but Lester, you know, you're optimistic as well. If Alabama's going to win this game, um, tell me how they're going to do it. You know, Drew brought up a good point about the turnovers. I think they need at least two. They did pick Stetson, I believe, twice last year in Bryant-Denny. I can't remember, two or three times. But uh, at least twice they picked him off. Um, but, you know, that's another thing that Alabama has not done a good job of. They don't have the interception numbers that they usually do at this point in the season, and they haven't gotten hardly any any strips. You know, they haven't recovered hardly any fumbles. So, Lester, you know, turnovers, what other ways is it going to – what's it going to take for Alabama to beat Georgia in this SEC championship game? It's going to it's going to take giving the defense breathers, giving them putting the defense in advantageous situations. And when I say that, I mean capitalizing when you're in the red zone, whether that's scoring, um, 
you know, via field goal, via scoring touchdown. And one thing that really, really worries me is flipping the field, punting. We might have the worst punter in America, and that might doom us. No matter how not inept the Georgia office, but how basic it is, I really, really, really do believe our defense can keep them in check and, you know, force some turnovers here or there. And we're going to win if we can give Bryce a, just a little bit of time, a little bit of time. You got to do that by play calling, screen passes, short passes, slants, something where Jordan Davis is not about to swallow him like Pac-Man. Whatever you got to do. Get outside, get outside, run away from them. But I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say I'll I'll call it 20 23 20. I don't think this is gonna be a very high scoring game. Um I think it's gonna be very intense and gut the tension with the knife, but I'll say I'll say 2320 need Riker to bring his good legs Saturday. Because that'd be what? That'd be three field goals, two touchdowns, three field goals. Three field goals. Surprised you didn't just go 26-23. Yeah. Go ahead and get yeah. that score over with. Um uh I mean, yeah, I, I think yeah, turnover's gonna play a big role. I, I yeah, I think Rikard. Um J Law, are you thinking it's also low scoring as well? Um what other ways? You know, I, I, I don't agree with the screen passes. The ends are too fast. Um to and you know college defensive ends, especially the they're, they're so disciplined, especially the elite teams, they're so disciplined at just stopping on a dime. Even though, hey, my goal is to get around this tackle, if that's the route that I've pre-snap planned to take, um, if if I can see that the guy's not even going to block me, that uh, then I'm just going to keep on going. And so, or if he's not going to block me, I just stop dead in my tracks. Because they immediately read, they know something's up. Because they know there's never, there's only one play where the tackle is just not going to block you, and that's the screen. And so it's so hard to run against an elite defense, especially when you got really good spread linebackers like Georgia does and the Kobe Dean and Nolan Smith. So I think the screen is kind of washed, unless you want to throw the hitch route. I agree with that. But um, Mechie blocks like ass, JMO blocks like ass. So you're going to have to run Jacory. I don't even want to talk about Slay Bolden trying to block these guys. So the best blocker on the team is Jacory Brooks and J Law. We, we talked about Jacory would come in a couple of plays, um, against LSU and Arkansas and just block. And that's one thing that we, that, that we pointed out. And so maybe if you throw him into the route combos a lot and you can work in some hitches and stuff like that, but they definitely got to be at the numbers or outside the numbers. You can't really throw anything, any slips coming back inside towards the defensive line because they're just too fast and they're going to get there too fast. Um, but, uh, J-Law, what is your prediction for this game? Give me a score prediction. And if you predict Alabama to win, how's it going to happen? Alabama's not winning, boy. I, I love y'all. You're not going to find somebody. Who oh, come on, dude. Well. I haven't even gotten to my list of stuff as to why Georgia's going to win. I was hoping I could change your prediction with this. I was literally saving it for the last thing we talk about. I don't even have to do that. Just a little, just a little tidbits I haven't thrown in there or enough to change your mind. No, I made my mind up earlier. Today. Or is it the film? Yeah, been, it's, it was Drew. It was Drew. <laughs> it's true. No, 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 no. It, it, I, there's just not enough things that Alabama does well that Georgia – just can't can't counter. I mean, you like Bryce over Stetson. 
I mean, that's really about that. I mean, if you take in full receiving core, I kind of Georgia's tight ends. I mean, I know JMO's great, but I mean, they're kind of like right there with them. Brock Bowers and Darnell are going to be in the NFL. Don't worry. So I, I like this to be a. I'm a. I'm going to say. Mm, mm, I think Georgia could score three touchdowns, kick two field goals, 27-13 Georgia, two touchdown game. I just don't see where Alabama's – dude, have you – they scored 20 versus LSU who gives up okay. 40 a All game. Right. All right, okay, okay. All right. Lester's mad, he's mad, he's mad. Lester, what's just going on? Re- rebut that, Lester, what you got? 10 13. points versus Auburn. 13? Look, I hope all right. I'm wrong. If, if, I hope you're wrong too. If if Baba, if Bill O'Brien coaches this team to 13 points with Bryce Young, then it's on next week. It, I'm it calling for this. It just we it just we just watched the Iron Bowl. It just happened. It was worse. That's that's the worst it's, circumstances. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, this this circumstance is going to be Kirby Smart's foot up our ass. That's the problem this week. We're done. (laughs) This is is where the road stops, boys. Mm, We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Who's the best opponent y'all think we've played this year? Oh, my gosh. Ole Miss. Got to be. Okay. So, would you say we rise to the occasion, the the teams that have played a lead against us? You know, we did for hey, a half against Miss. we did for a half against Ole Miss. You still got outscored in the second half. Then halftime was what 28 nothing, and then we scored made a thirty five nothing right at a halftime. Then the rest of the game was twenty one to seven. And I understand that you know Nick Saban would take his foot off the gas faster than any coach in football history. But other than that, what's the what's the other best point? Talking about eight and four, Texas A and M. I mean, is yeah, that our right. next best opponent, Arkansas? Yo, that 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 Florida team would have beat any other team in America that day. On that I'm day, sorry. yeah. So on that they, day, I probably Alabama and Georgia would be, would have been the only ones. And literally, in that, and that's that's the first thing I thought about. Mullen emptied out his playbook, everything he had, he put into that game plan, um, because he knows that's a springboard game. We've seen too many damn coaches get fired because. They play Alabama to the best of their ability, and then <clears throat> either they lose a close game or then or they get beat pretty badly, and their team just quits. And it's so easy to do. People, people act like, you know, they don't just quit. Yes, they do. The, you don't prepare. Look at the way Auburn prepared and motivated themselves, not just the players, the coaching staff too, because my dad tells me this, beating Alabama gets you raises. It gets you extensions. It gets you promotions. And so that one game every year on your schedule, you were going to prepare harder. You're going to prepare longer. Y'all really think Georgia's been sitting there watching Charleston Southern and Georgia Tech film the last two weeks? Hell no. After they beat Florida, they immediately cut on Alabama film because they had a cakewalk, easy-ass schedule. They might have watched a couple of minutes of Tennessee film and then realized that they really don't do much. They're just going to throw slants and just go fast. That's all you got to stop. Just stop the inside run. The quarterback's not going to run it. He's not a threat. And then just don't let them throw the slants. That's really it. Stop their tempo. The game will be over at halftime because their defense gets so gassed. It's a really easy team to stop if you win the first quarter. So they might have watched an hour or two of Tennessee film. 
they've been watching Alabama film for months, dude. Um, and, and so it's just, here's some, here's some things that I've been thinking about just like all week that Georgia has going for them other than the obvious positional advantages that we've talked about here tonight. I mean, they've got the revenge factor. Alabama beat them in 2020. They were leading at halftime. Reichard gets the 52-yarder right before halftime. Alabama explodes, comes out, shuts them out 21 to nothing in the second half. 2018, the Jalen Hurts game where Tua got hurt, and he came off the bench, and, and Jalen came back and beat him. 2017, in the national championship, Georgia has that classic game with Oklahoma and the Rose Bowl out there and like double overtime or something. Then comes in, dominates Alabama. It's 13 to nothing. Alabama switches quarterbacks at halftime. Georgia goes up 20 to seven and then, you know, doesn't score again until overtime, loses the game in overtime, misses out on the ring. 2012, they catch the ball on the five yard or the like two yard line with like five seconds to go when the guy could have just. Let it hit the turf, and Georgia would have had another shot at the end zone. They lose the SEC championship on a play like that. This is not a one-year revenge game. This is a revenge game that is built up at least since 20 – you could say 2015. I mean, even since Kirby's been there, 20, just say 2017, 17, 18, and 20. Those three games are fresh in, the, in this coach's staff's mind, especially the uh, the head man. And – um you know, like I said, Georgia's schedule, with it being so weak, they've been able to work on Alabama for months. Um, you know, it's a, it's also a bad situation for Alabama since they won the Natty last year. When you win a Natty, everybody's accomplished what they want to, so they're more likely to move on to the next level. Like, you look in 2019, um, Evan – or not Evan, Neal, um, Alex Leatherwood comes back, Najee Harris comes back, Landon Dickerson – you know, these are guys that were that could have gone pro as juniors, wanted to come back as seniors and uh, and accomplish the goal of winning a national championship while they were starters on the field. And uh, that's what you have in this Georgia team. You had a lot of guys who could have gone pro last year, um, could have got a, a lot of guys who are also seniors that took, you know, advantage of that COVID eligibility. They came back for their second senior season and um, – they're just they're loaded with experience and just just age. I mean, there there's like the thing that I broke it down. There's like 15 guys out of 22 that could be gone off of this year's team, and uh, I think three of those remaining seven are on like the offensive line or something like that. But uh, you know, there's a lot of seniors, a lot of NFL prospects that are juniors on this Georgia team. And it just so happens that Alabama lost 10 guys to the draft last year, 10 starters to the draft last year. So that's never easy to replace. I know Alabama does it better than anybody else, but it's still not easy, especially when you're going up against this kind of top-tier talent. Another thing that Georgia has, George Pickens comes back. Um, He's played the last two games. If you think that Kirby Smart isn't going to play him loose and play him every snap in this game, you're crazy. And then on the flip side – Alabama has their most productive running back of the season go down. You know, Brian Robinson gets hurt. He's doubtful for this game. I'll be shocked if he plays. If he does play, I don't think he's going to be much of a factor. And even though there's not a lot of confidence that Alabama can run on this Georgia defense, even with B-Rob, he's still a key player, whether it's his, his leadership or just, you know, his experience, whatever the case is, you know, for them to gain a star player and for Alabama to lose one, just another thing that's not going in Alabama's direction. 
And, um, you know, Alabama's just too easy to defend when you have a good defense coordinator. Look at LSU. Look at Auburn. Not saying they were good. I mean, motivation plays a factor into it also. Georgia doesn't have to bring pressure. They can get pressure with four guys and still get home in three seconds or less because Alabama's offensive line is so bad, minus the left tackle. Um, They can sit their linebackers in the slant zones, which takes away the quick throws. They can defend the screen because of their spread speed linebackers and their defensive ends being so fast. Um, And, you know, Alabama really doesn't have time to take the the top off because Georgia's going to get to the quarterback so fast. And so if you really break this down, and that's why I keep – I went through every single one of y'all and I tried to ask, what does Alabama have to do to win? How do you move the ball? The way Alabama moves this ball, every single play has to matter. And if Bryce Young can tuck it and run for two yards – Get back to the line of scrimmage. Get a yard. That is a successful play. You've got to look at that as a success because that could have been an eight-yard sack. Um, if you throw a pass that gets four yards, you've got to look at that as a success, and that's what you have to do. On first down, you've got to plan on getting five yards or less. Anywhere from two to five yards, that's what I'm going to do. Give me a second five to a second eight every single play or every single second down. Okay. Then after that, it's the same thing. Give me to a third and one to a third and five. Don't stick me in third and seven, third and eights, because that's damn near impossible when you've got an offensive line that can't protect against an elite defense. So that's how you do it. You've got to get four yards on first down. You've got to attempt to get four yards on second down. And if you do that consistently, then you can drive the ball on these guys. It can be it can be running the ball. You're not going to run power, so you got to run your zones. You got to run your buck sweeps. You got to run your speed sweeps. Um, get Christian Leary involved. Get Jacory Brooks involved. You know that's about the only way. Um, you can pick your shots throughout the game. You know the play to Jacory Brooks, guys. That play didn't take but four seconds. Bryce didn't sit there and stand in the pocket wait for his guy to get down there. It was. Take the snap, one, two, three, balls out. You know, I'm throwing to a spot. It's up to that dude to go and get it. I think that play can be there. Um, Georgia's secondary is still very good, but it's the weakest part of their defense. So that's the only way. You have to you have to catch them in man-to-man on the outside. You got to pick your spots to take your shots, and then you really just got to work anything you can quick and just be happy with a three-yard pass play. Um, yeah. I, uh, I I looked up those injuries real quick. Uh, so it it's uh, Jamari uh, Jamari Smith. Uh, no, no, no. Excuse me. Chris Smith is in the secondary as a safety, and so they're saying he may be the one that's most doubtful. Okay. Um, so that's one to look for. Um, but the other, the left tackle. Um, it Jamari is Sailor. Uh, that's Jamari Saylor. That's a but they're saying he's practiced all week, so he's a game time decision. I wouldn't be surprised to see him play. But yeah, yeah that's it on the injury report. But I mean, even if he and that and that's yeah, if that's due to injury, then you know that's still that still helps Alabama. You know, I mean, even not necessarily a gimpy, but you know, maybe a guy that's not one hundred percent. You know, Alabama's going to need all the help they can get. But uh, yeah, my score prediction, I've been saying thirty-one to twenty. And uh, I said that since Sunday, 
and I still feel pretty good about it. Um, I think Alabama can get to the 20s, but that's just about it. Um, so, yep, I went on my rant. That was all. I was, see, I was trying to, like, let J-Law get all hyped up and, like, oh, we're going to win. We're going to win the game. And then, like, I just give my little spill there at the end. Then he's like, yeah, you're right. Georgia's going to kill us. But my confidence level is so low that I'm, like, going to Tennessee, like, for a vacation. So, you know, J-Law's the same way. Like, he, his, you know, he had, he turned down free tickets to, to the A because uh, he doesn't want human or human adults barking at him like a dog. But, guys, I'm spent, man. Uh, you know, there ain't nothing left to do now but strap it up and play. It is a football game, and, you know, they were throwing out stats about, like, the last six times Alabama's been an underdog They've uh, they've won the game, and I was like, yeah, but all those teams had offensive lines with the pulse. So, um, I I'm not gonna I don't have any expectations going into this game, any positive expectations. So, whatever happens, happens. Um, but Drew, we appreciate you coming on here with us, and uh, don't worry, I'm not gonna hold you to the fact that if Alabama loses, that Drew is 0 and 1 whenever he does a podcast. So we're not gonna hold that against him. We'll bring him on for uh, whoever next year, Southern Miss or Akron, whoever we play. We'll bring him on so we can just beat the shit out of somebody and even it up. Um, but, uh, Drew, is there anything else you want to say before we get out of here? No, I appreciate it, guys. I had a good time, and I look forward to it next time. And and to our, uh, our loyal listeners, um, you can actually go to the Varsity Network. You can download the app, the Varsity Network. And you can actually tune in to uh, Andy and Stan White and catch, uh, you know, those uh, those awesome uh, reels and the heartbreak uh, that they suffered there at the end of the Iron Bowl. So, so for your, hey, for your enjoyment, if you want to tune into that, that's where – yeah, yeah, definitely, I will. Yeah, Taylor says send him that link. But, yeah, we appreciate you hopping on with us. You know, hey, guys, that 740 app that I get you all to listen to John and Barry on – that's what I play. And uh, that's also, you know, it's on an app that's still ahead of the TV. And so like Mississippi state game, me and dad were watching it. We had that blaring South Carolina game. We had it. We had them blaring. We were actually on the way home from Tuscaloosa, but uh, less or anything else, man. Well, what are your final thoughts heading into the SEC championship game? Uh, look for a, look for a good day. Saturday. I'm going to be optimistic. Um, hey, shout out to Bama hoops and they doses. They take on Gonzaga. Oh yeah, we're also gonna get our ass beat after the after Georgia kicks our ass. We get to turn around and face Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren with Charles Bediaco and Noah Gurley. Golly, let's go! Oh jeez, if Alabama comes within fifteen points of Gonzaga, I'll Venmo everybody listening. To, if you text me, all right, everybody listen because we're like almost an hour and a half in, so a lot of people have already cut this shit off by now. But if you text me and say, hey. I heard the podcast, send me my money. If Alabama keeps it to within 15 points of Gonzaga, I'll Venmo everybody that's listening to this. If you text me, I'll Venmo you 10 bucks. <laughs> I had to, to say my, I can't do 20. Cause I mean, like with my love, there'd be like 50 people that text me, be like, Hey, whatever. And then I'll be 200 bucks down or whatever. Uh, but J law, anything else, man? Jaylaw, give me the thumbs up. He's good to go. Well, we appreciate you guys, uh, you know, listening to us for this long. 
Roll Tide anyways. I guess we'll do the Auburn thing. War Eagle anyways. Roll Tide anyways. Uh, whatever happens, we will be here next week. And, um, you know, we'll be breaking down the Gonzaga game, the SEC championship game. And, of course, you know, if Alabama wins, they're in the playoff. Uh, if Alabama loses, they're more than likely out of the playoff. Guys, I did see where if Alabama loses to Georgia, there's still like a 39% chance they make the playoff, which is crazy because, I mean, there's all kind of game. Oklahoma State and Baylor play. Baylor could upset Oklahoma State. Notre Dame could slide in without a head coach. And or not without a head coach, without their head coach and Brian Kelly, that's that's led them to an eleven and one record. Cincinnati could get beat by Houston, and that's going to throw a wrench in everything. So you just never know. But you know, just be safe. Just go ahead and win the win the game. And uh, and you know, if they do, you're definitely in. If not, you're more than likely in the Sugar Bowl. But uh, anyways, guys, till next week. This is episode fifty three of the Gunpunters podcast. Chase Thornton. Lester Mitchell, Jeremy Law, Drew Montgomery joining us. We're out. See you guys next week.